Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Okay, so I have a question uh, for you, Annie. Ooh, what is it? Uh, it it kind of has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. Perfect. However, somewhat related. Um, what is your best memory of college? Oh, mm, my best memory of college. Well, if it has to be on campus... Because I did get to travel a lot through college. I got to, because I had to intern every summer in different countries. So that was probably my favorite. Um, And particularly when I was in China, that was probably my absolute favorite. But on campus, um, I had a, my, one of my best friends who we met at college, uh, Katie, um, we had a standing date on Fridays where we'd go to La Perea and I would always get the, the sopa sopa de pollo. And oh, yeah. and then I would go. We would go to Atlantic Station, which was a movie theater. It's still there uh, near our campus, and you got a student discount, so you could see movies for like three bucks. And we would go see. I mean, it could have been. We saw every every Resident Evil, like not good movies, Samantha. Um, nice. But I loved it. Um, as you can probably tell from that story, I did not party hard in college. <laughs> Georgia Tech is not a school that allows for that. But then I also, uh, I planned this event, this really big event called Global Village. And I'm really proud of it um, because it was very difficult. It required a lot of work. I had to fight with the university president. Um, It was in the paper. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you uh, also were on some committees and did a lot of activities? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I was a big event planner. I, I, I helped plan a lot of a lot of events. And funnily enough, uh, Georgia Tech does this huge Earth Day celebration. Um, I want a microwave at it that I still use. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I helped plan it one year, and the company that I cur- that I went on to work for that. I, well, it's confusing because our company has been bought so many times, but How Stuff Works was a sponsor. And I have a shirt I got Aww. from Earth Day that says How Stuff Works. And then I went on to work for them, and here I am. There it is. Yeah, yeah I, I'm trying to think of my memories. <laughs> See, rule number one about questions you asked, Samantha, is know that you have to answer it to too. know your own answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, because I, I wasn't a partier either. That's the, that's the biggest part to that is like, mm-hmm. I don't have that. But I, I will say, so I lived in a small house after my freshman year with several of uh, my friends. And one of the best things we ever did, we would have like community dinners and we would always invite someone over every I think Thursday mm-hmm. and to have a dinner with our people to get to know them better or like, to share, and I, I, I miss those. Yeah. Um. I guess I miss a little more of those because we don't do it now. Yeah. And um, I really wasn't on any committees. I think I was really boring. I was very religious, so I, I did those types of activities mm. rather than on campus stuff. So it's kind of interesting that I, I wonder what would happen today if I was on campus if I was a college student. Do you ever think about that? Oh, all the time. Because I actually loved college but I hated homework. Like, I liked going to classes, um, and I, I was a pretty big... Like, I loved the subjects I was studying, and I loved my friends, and I loved the campus, even though it was always under construction. Um, but I didn't get to really enjoy it because Georgia Tech infamously 
well, I don't know. They give you so much homework, so mm. much. Like you'd be reading hundreds of pages and still get a freaking 30 on the test. Like it was ridiculous. And the highest grade is a 32. That is a true story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had many tests that had to be on curves because the highest score was less than 50. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a person who is ever good at that. Yeah. Because I wanted it to be a good grade and not because it was curved. Like I, I'm so competitive and I just couldn't let it go. So I, I had to come up with these like new ways of studying, which I found really helpful and it involved a lot of outlines, which probably surprises no one <laughs> given how we no, do this not show. At <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, that's what I always say when people ask, because I didn't go into what I studied. Um, well, then, you know, what, what did you learn? What did you take away? And I said, the biggest thing I took away from my college experience is work ethic. Um, I can, I can get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So today, we're not necessarily talking about college per se, but mm-hmm. more of a policy we've already talked about. Uh, we wanted to revisit the changes of Title IX, uh, which went into effect in August of this year, 2020, just in case, you know, someone decides to study us for historical purposes <laughs> later down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems... Not quite surprising. We may be lacking some slash a lot of information due to the pandemic. Um, As many colleges have continued with online learning or have had to backtrack because of the continued outbreak specifically on campuses, and there's not a lot of concrete data as to the results of the changes of Title IX. What we have seen is how different campuses have been applying the new changes and how the new administration is going to have to prepare to start making changes of their own after the massive overhaul completed by current Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos. Uh, And just first, we wanted to review some of the changes imposed as of August of 2020. Um, And under the new changes, a representative of a student accused of sexual assault is allowed to cross-examine their accusers in real time. And also, it limited the definition of sexual harassment to behavior that is, quote, severe, pervasive, and objectively offensive, as before it was or, um, which allowed for a stricter definition with the three specific requirements. Mm Mm-hmm. They also reversed many of the Obama-era changes, including reversing of the trans bathroom law and the elimination of the practices of discriminatory discipline action, which required schools to look at how more likely marginalized youth were targeted for severe disciplinary actions in the schools. Yeah, so what has been happening since then? Uh, Like we mentioned at the beginning, we don't have too much data of cases that have been presented or affected since the new requirements of Title IX implemented by DeVos. But there are several factors to consider. First, again, timing. Like we mentioned, because of the pandemic, a lot of campuses have been either closed or very limited. Although we do know there have been reports of gatherings happening at the beginning of the campuses being reopened. Uh, But also, we need to consider that it's only been three months, and we know the process of filing can actually take a while. And speaking of, uh, the ability to file a complaint is something we need to consider. Add to that, the new requirements leans to the burden of proof, which limits the likelihood of a victim filing to begin with. So perhaps the effectiveness of lessening complaints or making it harder to file is as good as intended. 
So let's also talk about lingering cases, meaning open cases that happened before the changes of Title IX. Uh, there have been a lot of questions about cases that still remain open and follow under all Title IX guidelines. Uh, and not surprisingly, many defendants have tried to appeal to have the new Title IX standards as a requirement to their cases. But cases like Doe versus Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, which began January 2020, the ruling stated that the hearing would continue and conclude under the old Title IX standards. Um, and there's a lot a lot of cases still under investigation pre-DeVos. So with that, talking about whether or not they can change how it is filed and if it hits that requirement under the new standards. And there's still a back and forth about if this ruling can stand for all schools. And schools around the country have adapted as required by the current administration, but also have continued with past required committees and campus organizations under the Obama-era Title IX requirements. Schools like the University of San Diego have made sure to let students know that though the new standards of Title IX have been implemented, complaints that are outside of the, quote, current Title IX threshold would be considered under the existing i.e. Obama-era, standards and protocols. And many other schools have followed suit. As for whether it has been honored, little information is out there. Right. Um, and so what does that mean for the future with the new administration coming? There's quite a bit of conversation about what the future holds and specifically with the Department of Education. Uh Betsy DeVos was one of the bigger trends after the projected win of Biden-Harris. Many celebrated the new administration, including that there will be a new secretary of the DOE. There's a lot of speculation as to who will be the appointee, but there's nothing concrete as of yet. Yes, and I suppose we should say it is November 19th, yes. Uh, <laughs> 2020. Um, Biden has promised a big change with education and many have celebrated knowing the First Lady is an educator herself and has even stated uh, she would continue her current work even after her husband is in office. One of the big changes will be to reverse the changes made by DeVos to the Obama era of Title IX and educational funding. Uh, yeah, and some speculated that everything will return to the previous Title IX regulations by 2022. <laughs> but as per usual, time will only tell. We're not going to try to predict anything anymore because we have been, you know, way what? not in that arena. Like we've been way out of that estimate. I guess. You know, what's really funny is I remember the other day, as I said on a recent podcast, I do think about our Hello 2020 episode quite a bit. And I remember we said in there, a lot of people, a lot of articles I was reading said, I don't like to predict things because I'm always wrong. And now I'm like, I see. <laughs> I feel your pain now. <laughs> right. I think everybody is holding their breath, uh, but definitely looking at what Title IX would do. And just to put in there, know your Title IX rights, uh, the organization uh, and the ACLU did file a suit against uh, Bessie DeVos and they actually lost uh, as in it was dismissed completely. So it wasn't even heard uh, about whether or not it was unconstitutional or against uh, victim rights. So we'll see what happens because there's also, I think, two or three more suits filed against them, uh, but doesn't look like it would be likely that it would go forward. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Um, and in the meantime, our listeners, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thanks. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 